the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Welcome to Wine Women Radio, where we discuss what we're drinking and what's happening in the wine industry. Pour yourself a glass and enjoy the show. Hello, everybody. It's the Wine Women Radio Hour. I'm Marcia Meekum. I'm here with Lisa Adams-Walter. Hi. Hi. And Misty Rodebush-Kane is here. Hello, listeners. Hello, hello. Misty's actually... Um, she's working away to get the foil off of one of our wonderful bottles to taste today. Ooh, it's a Kiplinger. Oh, it's yummy stuff. Vanessa Conlon's going to be with us in just a second. Uh, I'm a big admirer of uh, the Kiplinger uh, brand and wine, so I'm lo- really looking forward to trying this. So, But we're going to talk a little bit about industry news first, about what's going out there in the wine world and all kinds of cool things out there. Um, so one of the cool things out there that I wanted to mention recently, we had uh, this pertains to you know we're Wine Women Radio Hour, so women-related wine topics are important. And actually, we just had the third Napa Rosé Fest. It was staged at Sterling Vineyards and generated a donation of eleven thousand five hundred dollars for the Northern and Central California chapter of the Susan G. Cohen Foundation to help meet critical needs and funding research to prevent and cure breast cancer. Big thing we need. So, um, bravo. Yeah, I love it. For and then, everybody who raised money for that. That's I love great. it that the wine industry has tied in the pink. Yes. Know, which that whole movement, yes. that very important movement they're, is they're known not, for. Yeah. It's really kind of cool. Yes. There are a number of rosés that steer in that direction to help raise um, breast cancer awareness. They mm-hmm. perhaps donate a portion of the proceeds um, from sale of their rosés um, to breast cancer research and all of that. So very cool little bit there. Um, also coming up here in September happens to be the Wine Education Week and they're holding um, Guinness World Record attempt for the largest ever sommelieri lesson. So um, this is actually going to take place, I think, in London. Um, so Wine Education Week is going to be September 9th through the 15th. Um, you can get details by just Googling that information. Um, but I think that's kind of cool that they're doing that. And they're going to attempt to have more than 300 smileers um, in for a lesson all at once um, in order to pass that uh, Guinness World Record attempt from before. Um, also, new news, which I think is exciting. It's not really wine, but it's related. Uh, you guys are familiar with Sunset Magazine's wine competition? Yes? Yes. 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 All right. So now they are going to have Sunset Magazine International Spirits Competition. Um, so they are the leading brand of Western lifestyle. And they are going to be um, now launching the first ever for Sunset Magazine uh, competition for spirit producers who are desiring the most exposure to the perfect audience. Um, So they've been doing this with wine since 2012, but now they are launching this for spirits as well. And this is going to be happening in the fall. Uh, I'm sure if you just Google Sunset Magazine Spirit Competition, you will get a lot more information available on that. And what's cool is there's so many new distilleries popping up all yeah. around wine regions. Right. So there's a lot of synergy for people who visit sure to sample some distilled mm-hmm. spirits and, and then sample wine. Right. And a lot of distilleries are making their spirits from wine bases. Right. So um, they're they're very much related. Um, 
Did you know, Lisa, I bet you did because you're a PR person as well. Um, September is California Wine Month. I did know that. Yes. Kind of cool. It's kind of cool. So this is the 15th annual California Wine Month. Highlights include um, the state's storied winemaking history. It dates back more than 200 years, as we know, which is just kind of amazing. Um, as the world's fourth largest wine producer and the source of 81% of wine made in the United States altogether, California is home to 3,900 wineries and 5,900 grape growers. Um, it's also the nation's most visited state for wine and food experiences, attracting more than 24 million visits annually to its various wine regions. It's a pretty huge number. Big part of our economy, for sure. It sure is. So in our area, a number of things happen. Um, just behind us, a taste of Sonoma. That's 100 wineries that takes place at Sonoma State University, the Green Music Center. Um, September 6th and 7th, Wine Song, which is a Mendocino Coast Botanical Gardens and Fort Bragg event. Um, I love that for event. Cel- Yeah, for celebrating California Wine Month. September 7th, Calistoga Wine Experience Food and Tasting. This will be at Pioneer Park in Calistoga. Uh, great place. We've all visited. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Good. Love it there. Right. Love yeah. Calistoga. September 19th through the 21st, Sonoma County Wine Auction at La Crema Estate in Windsor, which from one of our very recent podcasts, they're celebrating their 40th anniversary here yes. um, in California, which is great. September 21st will be the Lake County Wine Auction at Chase Water Winery in Kelseyville. Um, so that's some of them. And then Santa Cruz to north to the San Francisco Bay. There are a whole ton of activities September 1st through September 21st because the one on the 21st will be the Livermore Valley Wine Auction at Wente Vineyards. Um, so there's just a ton, a ton of activities going on. And don't forget Sonoma Harvest Music Festival, the mm-hmm. 14th and 15th yeah. right here in Sonoma Valley, which mm-hmm. is kind of related now a bit to Bottle Rock, I believe, and they're bringing in some great <laughs> artists, so yeah. it's yeah. kind of fun. And That's a great thing. September 21st at St. Superior State Vineyards and Winery, we have our harvest celebration. Yay! Okay, so join us. Um, tickets are available on our website. It's a fantastic time. We give back to Valley Oak High School, which is an accredited high yeah. school for 16 to 18 year old students who need an alternative setting. So come support a great cause while celebrating a fantastic time of year with great um, bites from our estate chef and fantastic estate wines. Well, cool thanks. fun. Anything, anything else? I'm just looking at your, your scanning over your, your phone I'm for just a thing. Looking. Well, I think um, it's an appropriate time then to introduce our guest, Vanessa Conlin. Welcome, Vanessa. Thank you. So Vanessa is head of wine at wineaccess.com, uh, previously vice president of wine at wineaccess.com. Um, Vanessa has a huge, uh, long storied history in the wine industry, particularly in direct to consumer sales. Um, a lot of interesting things that you've done in sales and marketing, uh, for wineries, Arietta wines, Dana estates, realm sellers. Um, for those who don't know Vanessa, she, um, was a retail buyer and a wine bar director, um, in New York prior to this time. She's also worked um, for a Napati charity auction chairperson, uh, which happens to be for Jameson Animal Rescue Ranch, um, kind of something that's very near and dear to our hearts um, here locally in the Valley, because uh, Valley, 
because they do the most wonderful work uh, saving, enhancing, uh, making lives better for rescued animals under a lot of different circumstances. Um, a project spearheaded by Monique Sultani um, several years ago. So I'm very glad to see that you participate in that. Vanessa also ho- holds a WSET diploma um, and the recipient of the Nikki Singer Memorial Scholarship from the International Wine Center. And to top it all off, to top it all off, Vanessa has already passed the theory and practical portions of the Masters of Wine exam. For those who don't know, wow, who might know. be listening, wow, I'm I mean, wow, it's, what an it's, so it's hard. a huge, it's a huge undertaking to work towards and achieve your Masters of Wine. And so you're on part three as we speak and record this right now. So first of all, congratulations on getting through parts one and two. That's really, that's really quite big. Thank you. It's been the best and the hardest thing I've ever done. (laughs) (laughs) We believe you uh, because it's intimidating to, I think, to the rest of us to go after that. So, and so now your Wine Access and Wine Access has been around since 2007 we're actually a little older than that the, it's been around um essentially for about 20 years but has sort of changed iterations over time so originally oh, wow. it was a, a web hosting platform for brick and mortar retailers became sort of a place for um, wine enthusiasts and collectors to sort of share information uh, and then over the course of the time morphed into an opportunity to actually buy wine wow um, so we're a national direct-to-consumer e-com business so we yeah. ship into almost all 50 states we're based right here in California. We have offices mm-hmm. in, in Napa and in San Francisco, but our, our entire wine team is based in Napa, so not too far away. Yeah, and you have some really you have some really interesting approaches to how, how you choose the wines. So you guys taste over twenty thousand wines, different wines, every single year, and then narrow down what you're going to share with your your members, your, you know, people uh, that are part of your club and what you offer to everyone. Um, so I want to, I want you to talk about that a little bit, but before you talk about it, let's pour the first wine that you brought, okay. which is from Wine Access. Tell us a little bit about this. Sure. So this is a wine uh, called Massacan Anya. Mm-hmm. So it is uh, made by Dan Petrovsky. This is his own personal brand. Um, he is uh, the winemaker for Larkmead Vineyard. Yeah. He's actually someone I met mm-hmm. in New York before I even moved out here to California. Uh, so it's nice to have a friendly face uh, in Napa. <laughs> but very accomplished yeah. winemaker. This is his passion project. And I really like this wine. It's kind of an unusual blend. It's um, uh, Ribola Jala, Tokai Friulano, and Chardonnay. Uh, oh, wow. Inspired from when Dan used to live in Sicily. And yeah. he really wanted wanted to make a wine that was really fresh and mouthwatering, you know, meant to be drunk uh, at the table with foods and just really, you know, zippy and refreshing. Right. So it's really warm today. <laughs> um, so I thought this would be... It is. We're in the 90s today a, here a in late selection. August. So. Yeah. Wow. But I, I brought this as an example of the, the types of wines that we like to feature. You know, we'll, we'll feature um, iconic brands that, you know, people have heard about and then right down to, you know, very, very small production. Sometimes, you know, they've made a barrel of wine and our members would not otherwise hear about it, except we are always on the hunt to find these really special wines. Access. 
access. It's all about the access. Mm, well, I, I find it interesting. It says Napa Valley white wine. I think a lot of consumers would be like, white wine? You know, what does that mean? And they think it would be substandard in some way. And instead, it's this, you know, really interesting blend. Oh, it my is. God, this is delicious. And I think what's interesting about Massacan in particular is, you know, for some, especially Napa uh, producers, they make, you know, cab, 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 maybe red blend, and, and then a little bit of a white wine or a rosé. But Dan, under his uh, Massacan label, makes only white wines. Oh, wow. So this oh. is his sole focus. Well, I, you know, I... I've I've had the brand before. I've enjoyed it before. So when I saw what you brought, I was like, oh, I always like this stuff. But it's been a while since I've had it. Um, and so I was really intrigued to, to find out what you brought. It's very dry, which I love. I love really, really dry mm-hmm. wine. I do as well. Dry white. Um, it's got, but it's got touches of caramel to it. And... Um, Green apple. Green apple. Oh, that's a good mm. one, Misty. I was also going to say a little baked apple to it as well. Nice, I don't know. Nice, what do you get? Vanessa, nice tell us. Tell yeah, us what you get yeah, on sure. it. Well, I mean, uh, for me, I really love uh, wines with acidity. Mm-hmm. So for me, I love that right away my mouth is watering. It makes me want to take another sip. You know, for me, I get a lot of sort of like fresh mire, lemon peel, yes. a little honeydew. Um, you know, nothing super ripe, but it's not underripe either. It's sort of that like just picked fruit when mm-hmm. it's just like right off the vine and you just can't wait to get home from the store or from the orchard to to put you in to take a bite right but the the other bite makes you want to come back exactly it's it's there so listeners uh one way for you to find out for yourself what level of um, acidity you like or recognize um a real clear signal is the smacking on the sides of your mouth and how chalky it is on the side of your mouth chalky meaning Again, you're kind of your your tongue is smacking on the sides of the inside of your mouth. Um, so that's a real cli- clear sign of that you're at, at least a medium acidity there, and it may be higher than that, um, depending upon the the individual bottle and temperatures and all kinds of things going on. Yeah. But don't pigeonhole yourself because oftentimes you will go into it with this mindset of I only like a certain varietal of wine, and yeah, then. Don't. Over time, your taste can change with different producers of wines, different styles. It can change as well. So don't pigeonhole yourself. Yeah. And piggybacking on your point here about, you know, uh, 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 liking a certain varietal, that's an American thing. And we, we are starting to tilt a little bit more towards, hey, blends, because um, wines from Europe are o- very often blends and they have different regulations in terms of what they actually put on their labels. Lisa, mm-hmm. you were talking about, this is, you know, Napa Valley white wine, white table wine. You know, it's a beautiful blend. It is, definitely. Yeah, yeah I'm glad you're enjoying it. Yeah, thank you <laughs> for bringing this. My pleasure. Mm. Just, it, it, tra- it travels, it travels through, you know, the attack, which is really very strong for a white wine. And then it just kind of soars through the mid mouth in a wonderful way. It's like, it's like opening on a little cathedral ceiling. Um, and then it just keeps going and going and going, which is a, a great sign of uh, strong fruit and very strong acidity, mm-hmm. as you mentioned, Lisa. Oh, yeah. But it definitely goes there. So, Vanessa, yes. how do you go about choosing what 
wines you're going to offer your members great question so we take this uh very seriously so we taste every single wine that we offer to our members we're never just going after oh this seems like a good deal you know the it, it, everything goes through um a weekly judging panel so mm-hmm. we have the most uh, amazing wine team we have you know a, a master sommelier we've got mm-hmm. another master of wine mm-hmm. candidate you know people who have been uh beverage directors, wine directors for international um, restaurant corporations. So we meet every week, we taste every single wine and all of us have to agree uh, before it can pass judging panel. So if wow. one person says, you know what, I'm not on board, it doesn't, it doesn't pass. And, and you know, our motto and panel is, would you stake your reputation on this wine? And if all of us can't say yes, then we're not offering it. So what what percentage of the tastings actually make it to the offerings? Very few. I'd say, you know, less than probably one out of every 20 wines. Wow. Because we're, you know, we're assessing quality um, first and foremost, but then we're saying, is the quality relative to the price? Because what we always want to offer, and we offer wines of all different price points, but we want to offer wines that over deliver for a quality to price ratio. So it's, uh, you know, first and foremost, is this delicious? Do I want to go back for more? Second of all, would our members say, I feel like I got a great deal, whether this was $15 or was $1,000 because they're so happy with what's in their glass. How does a winery become considered you know do they submit wines or how does that work so a number of different ways absolutely some wineries reach out to us um, you know we'll just send samples to the office but we're Mm -hmm. also always on the hunt I mean we're going to trade tastings we're reading publications but more than anything we're really traveling so Mm -hmm. because our motto is also um, we bring wines direct from the source so we're not going through distributors we're going straight to wineries we do direct importation from Europe um, and so that means a lot of going out, you know, talking to the winemakers, tasting in the cellars. Uh, I just got back from uh, France about a week and a half ago. I'm leaving for Italy in a week and a half. So, nice. you know, tough job. But um, but we're really out there in the field, you know, seeking these wines out, which leads to sort of the second part of what I think makes wine access. Well, one of many things that makes wine access special is that we're really focused on content. So when we present a wine, we're writing original uh, content of somewhere between 500 to 1,000 words. We About write all of our own tasting notes. Mm-hmm. So this is mm-hmm. not something that we Googled and put together something from the internet. We're actually talking to the people mm-hmm. and we want to take our members on this journey with us. So we, mm-hmm. you know, what made us excited about it? What did the winemaker have to say? You know, when we walked through the vineyard that day, what did we see? What did we smell? Um, all those little things that can kind of elevate you out of your everyday life. That's, that's terrific. Um, I was going to add something. Oh, you said tough job and it, <laughs> it just, it, it, it made me think about, um, Yes, that's tough, but I have heard over and over, if to really learn wine, you need to taste, taste, taste. And people yeah. don't really understand how how much hard work that takes. Absolutely. So can you talk about that? Absolutely. Well, you know, I you mentioned I, you know, I'm, I'm on the last stage of the Master of Wine program. I'm about a week away from actually finding out. Um, and I passed the tasting exam last year. So, you know, I've been, um, I mean, I taste a lot of wine at work, but also I was very strategically tasting to pass the exam. So probably a hundred wine just in my spare time, aside from a couple hundred wines at work. Um, and travel, but you know, I, I had a really dedicated group of people that were studying for the exam with me and we would meet every Sunday. We basically gave up our whole Sunday to do mock exams. Um, and then, you know, every day after work, I would come home and if there was a wine that say I missed on the mock, I would taste it beside what I missed, missed it for and just taste over and over. So I would never make that mistake again. 
Wow, that takes a lot of discipline. So can you explain to our listeners what you're being tested on? Because they don't yeah, all they know. Don't. Like, yes. yeah, what what you're faced with when you're being tested with that tasting <laughs> portion. Yeah, and let me start with saying, you know, there's a there's sometimes a confusion between the master sommelier exam and the master of wine. And so mm-hmm. I'm talking about yeah. the, the master of wine. So um, there's really a, a three-step process. So um, the well, actually four, you apply to get in the program, so you have to take sure. an exam to be accepted. Um, and then after your first year, you take what's called the stage one assessment, where they check and see, are you on track? And at that point, you can get kicked out of the program, you can repeat your first year, or they pass you on to stage two. So that first year assessment is sort of a mini version of the big exam. And it's really strict. It it's is. really strict. It's I mean, very, like you, it, you either make the cut or you don't. And a lot of people repeat. It's pretty common to repeat, it isn't is. it? Yeah. You know, I, I have a good friend who um, I he's repeating his first year and I, you know, he's an outstanding taster, but just wasn't wasn't quite there yet. Um, sometimes you just miss one mm-hmm. question. Right, one right. And, and the master of wine is all written so it's not just about identifying the wine you could nail the wine to the vintage to the producer but you might not pass because they want to see your logic how did you know that based on what's in the glass in front of you and you have to be able to explain that in writing and under very timed conditions yeah. um, Sounds just so, yeah. <laughs> so after that so stage two is the you know I'll, I'll call it the big exam um, and there's two parts to that one is a theory exam and one is the practical which is the wine tasting so theory there's five different sections you know we have viticulture mm-hmm. vinification sort of business of wine current events um, uh, and then and, and that takes five that's over the course of five days uh, and the practical exam is um, what we call papers paper one is 12 white wines paper two is 12 red wines and paper three could be anything uh, except not <laughs> sake beer or spirits okay and so well, it eliminates so, some. So thir- <laughs> thirty-six wines um, blind is what we do. Wow. And then um, the last. I'm, a- stage- I'm always endlessly <laughs> intimidated by blind tasting. Yeah, so. me too. I've actually come to love it. It's sort of like a puzzle, you know. So I, I think. But it's you have to. I mean, you've been studying towards this, <laughs> right, so you right. kind of have to embrace right. it. But I think it's fun. And then the this last stage that I'm on is a research paper. So I turned it in in June, mm-hmm. and I'll find out. All right. Soon. Yeah. All right. Yeah. By the time the show airs we may have our answer we'll good vibes out. accepted please we're <laughs> send, you're sending them your thank way you. vanessa thank i have you. a good feeling Very for you thank you, there you go. <laughs> wait 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 we gotta do cheers a to clink the, oh, all right cheers to, the, cheers to the pending good news <laughs> right so and this is such a so yummy delicious white wine mm. 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 A creamy mm-hmm. lemony yeah the strong the strong acidic backbone as you mentioned mm-hmm. um touch of tannin you know it's, enough to be part uh, of the structure for me i mean this is what i call like a serious white wine this is not the throwaway you know just walked into a party right like, mm-hmm. you know while you're making your hellos like this is a serious wine yeah this is most definitely lots of layers in this yeah. wine so sure. so for wineaccess.com let's talk about the the procedure you already mentioned you all of your your entire team tastes over 20,000 wines a year about one in 20 make the cut um so anybody who's going how do i know if i'm getting the good stuff all right it made me think when when you and lisa were talking about this it made me think about um wall street people who manage funds it's like you're you're a fund manager you guys are already operating as a team to make sure that whatever wines are delivered on down to your customers are paying an excellent dividend um, per se in wine 
Um, so your provenance is great there. And you also have a whole system of uh, climate controlled shipping because that is an issue, you know, on a day like today, which is really hot. So this this is something you make sure of for your clients exactly. that they're protected. Yeah. So direct from the source, as I mentioned, is is what we do. So, you know, we're literally picking up at, you know, the winery cellar or, you know, um, in Bordeaux ex Chateau. So we know where this wine has been. It's never been sitting on a shelf somewhere, a warehouse and in bright sunlight, exactly bright. UV <laughs> light or, you know, fluctuating <laughs> temperatures. Um, so in that case, you know, we we we're very committed to provenance. And in that regard too, you know, if, there's anything that happens to a wine you know we can't control every single bottle if there's a corked bottle we absolutely will no questions asked you know replace the bottle it's um we have a a customer service team that i liken to nordstrom's i mean they're really we get the biggest compliments on our customer service but that's That's very important to us also because you know shopping online i think you know people are doing more and more of it but sometimes for wine i think it's intimidating because people think well what if i don't like this you know and then i just bought it and it's here and and to that point even if it's a wine that it's not flawed but you just really don't like it no questions asked you know we want you to be happy so we'll we'll be sure that you're taking care of for you uh, that's a way for you vanessa for your wineaccess.com team to learn um individual customer preferences Absolutely. about ooh, this one was definitely not down this person's um, right. favorite aisle so to speak so do people just jump on and shop or do you have like consultants that help people select wines or that might say hey we, you liked this one you might like that one or how does that work there's a number of different ways i mean primarily the way that we're um speaking to our our members are is through email so we do that you know original content piece we feature you know two wines per day but you may not get both of those offers because we do look at what did you like are you buying wines at a certain price point or a certain style we're not going to bore you with something that we know you're not going to like so we're sending it via email and um then you can you can buy uh, through that the offers are open for three days or until the wine sells out um, and when I say member, there's no fee. That just means you've opted in to receive our emails. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's no obligation. There's no, you know, nothing's going to no get shipped fee. to you. No, there's no fee. There's nothing's going to get shipped that you didn't actually log on and order. So that's the main way that people um, shop with us. But we also do have an online store of products that mm-hmm. live there, you know, year round. Customer favorites. Right. If you just want to go and reorder. Exactly. We actually have a wine club that's um, really been taking off. Um, and then we have, um, of course, the ability if someone just right. wants to call our customer service team and, and yeah. chat with someone, we can do that as well. Very nice. Mm-hmm. So I noted the club options, a six bottle allocation for $150, four times a year, shipping included. Um, now here is a cool feature that I think um, recipients would really love. There's a video that's going to walk you through mm-hmm. every wine that comes by. Well, that's fantastic because how many people want to read about the wine oh, that they're yeah. receiving? probably close to zero but watch a fun video that maybe shows the actual vineyard and the winemaker and wow the so story behind it yeah, we this just is for fantastic. club members only or it's for everyone club members but you can access these videos okay. uh, through our website if you just want to see what we do but we actually just filmed on monday of this week exciting yeah we were in the vineyard we had some winemakers come out and just like you're saying not everyone wants to sit down and read these days so right. we'll open the bottle we talk about it and it's not a you know a, a super strict pedantic we're, we're having fun but we're really telling you the story behind the wine and tasting it yeah. with you so ideally these people are opening their bottles at home and, and Tasting right. with us. Oh, that's really fun. Yeah, everything's multimedia. You know, it's got to be multimedia for sure. Because our time, our ti- our available time, our attention spans time is so limited. So if you put it in front of people, 
that makes it a lot better. Also, I think a real bonus, Vanessa, uh, please correct me if I'm wrong, is it shows that the majority of people who are shopping online and looking at other videos and photos are doing it while they're also watching television. So they're doing both media at the same time. So by having that video at your fingertips, you know, you can hit mute on your television to tune in to learn about the wine that you're drinking and vice versa, of yeah. course. And we're also doing that aside from Wine Club, you know, on our social media, we'll often go out and, you know, film with a winemaker mm-hmm. or if I'm on the wine trail, you know, I'll take videos of my travels. And so, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think it's I think it's a great way for people to digest information. And we should mention uh, so that we don't forget, because Lisa, I know you're really on top of this. And when I can't remember this. Where we're recording from today actually happens to be the panel in Sonoma. It is a fantastic wine lounge, um, and they've been really generous to give us their private wine tasting lounge um, to record the show. And there goes their phone because somebody wants to buy wine from them (laughs) um, as it's ringing in the background. Um, The panel is available at panelwines.com. Uh, phone them at 707-938-7152. Of course, Google them very easily, panelwines.com. They're at 535 West Napa Street. They're not too far off of Sonoma Plaza for those who are interested in coming by. And they have a fantastic lounge that you can taste all your wines in. They have a great international wine shop that you can buy things for. And one of the things I like about their wine shop, I don't know if you guys have seen this, they have like, you know, little gift cards and stuff. So if you're like going, oh my God, I need a hostess gift and everything, you can get your wine bottle and you can get your gift card to go with it right. all rolled into one. It's I, a cool thing. I love the feeling and the vibe when you walk in the Isn't door. Isn't it beautiful? It's yeah. so welcoming. You just yeah. feel like you want to sit down and stay for oh a God. long time. You know what it's like? It's like Central Perk and Friends. Yeah. Where everyone yeah. just walked in and sat yeah. down on little sofas. Without, and without the, I'm thinking, um, no, it's not stinky cat, scaredy cat. Oh, uh, you know smelly, cat. smelly cat. Smelly cat. Without that. smelly cat. But they do great. have nice little bites you can order yes. as well in, in some microbrews, oh I believe. Yes. Um, so it's and, and, and mid afternoon, the espresso bar. I think we are, I think we are having wafting up here some espresso notes aroma is coming up because we're at, at, we're in the loft. The tasting lounge is a loft here, mm-hmm. and so a little bit of that espresso notes is but coming up here. Yeah, definitely is a great place to meet up with some girlfriends, yeah. a business meeting, yes. or even you know first right. date would be really nice. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yes, and they have a game night too, so they have a whole bunch of board games and card decks and you can do all that stuff here anyway so i just wanted to mention that not to um interrupt our talk with vanessa yes speaking of wine tasting i did bring another wine if you'd like yes yes, absolutely you're right on track that's our next thing so let's let's hear about because you heard me say off air Helen Kiplinger. Oh my god a wine woman a great wine woman exactly so i thought this was a uh perfect wine to share because it is a female-owned female winemaker oh my God, yes i'm gonna try it's to great pour stuff. and talk at the same time i know time. it's Maybe and it's not easy the in the air. yeah <laughs> passing the bottle is perfectly okay because it does get to be kind of tricky but so this is made by um helen keplinger um she is a really amazing winemaker she makes wine for grace family she worked at bryant um this is her own brand that she and her husband dj 
um, that they spearhead. And this is the lithic, uh, the lithic. for those who want to know. I'm going to yes. get a picture of this. So Make this sure is a Rhone blend, um, Grenache Mouvage, and it's actually from Amador County from Shake Ridge Vineyard, which I thought was um, doubly great to bring to this show because it's owned by Ann Kramer, so another fierce wine woman. That's an incredible Ooh. vineyard. Mm-hmm. She's doing really cool things there. It is, and, and I, I really liked to show this wine because, um, you know, we live in Napa. I love Napa, obviously, but there's some really cool stuff going on outside of Napa, and a lot of these winemakers like Helen, Andy Erickson, um, are, are going out to some regions outside of Napa to kind of pursue passion projects. Um, so I really love this wine. Helen uh, and I used to actually be neighbors and I, no used, way. I used to chicken sit for her and her husband when they would go out of town. And then in return, the she would need to be fed. She yes. would give me some wine. So we've been we've been uh, friends for a while and I'm just such a huge fan. I just think she's you know, she's she's brave. She's always pursuing her dreams and she's always been really supportive of other women. I love this. Um, I love the Kepler stuff. And this is available to your wineaccess.com customers. This is something that we've worked with. Yes. We this also- is hard, folks, because Helen's wines are highly allocated. Highly, highly allocated. Really hard to well, and that's something um, that uh, get on the list. I think that uh, I'm really proud of is the relationships that we have in in this industry. Mm-hmm. You know, the ability to to get allocations of wines that um, that mm-hmm. are rare that you right. don't find in you know traditional retail. But we have, uh, you know, I think because we tell their story um, and we really, you know, treat everyone with respect. These are our partners. This is not a one time transaction. We want to, you know, work with these people for years as if they're our family. So we are able to offer uh, wines that you, you really won't see in our competitors. This, wow. this stuff is beautiful. Yes, I love GSM yeah. and wines. So Grenache, Syrah, Mouvedre. This is from Amador County, the Keplinger lithic another feature of her label i mean a hallmark of her label is um the golden triangle uh golden swirl so to speak um that's always on her label which represents balance that's the whole thing is is getting the balance and it's something that she is very well known for um i, I mean i'm always a huge fan of rones and rone blends uh this is really quite exquisite Something I, I always liked about Helen, too, you know, when I would, when we were neighbors and I would pop down the street and maybe, you know, borrow some eggs or whatever, um, <laughs> you know, she, you can she's you can tell she's just come from the cellar and she's had her hands in you yeah. know, her hands were always like stained purple. with wine. You know, she's not someone who's sitting in an office, you know, exactly. telling other people what to do. She's really she's, she's really working it. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Fun stuff. Mm-hmm. She's in the cellar telling other people what to do. <laughs> <laughs> and the production on this stuff is usually, and all of her wines, it, it varies a lot, but some of her production is as small as 25 cases. Yes. Um, so if you have never had it, uh, Helen Keplinger's uh, wines, I really urge you to, to head to wineaccess.com, get your first sampling because this is special stuff, particularly if you are a Rhone wine fan. I don't know, what what are you getting in this? Uh, you know, we've got deep ruby color, major legs uh, here on the wine, um, deep, deep berry fruit. This is everything from red fruit, 
but I've got all the way through blue fruit and blackberry fruit. I'm getting a it's touch of rhubarb. Oh like, man, kind of like rhubarb mm-hmm. with straw, like rhubarb strawberry kind of. And I think Helen's. I think that's, Helen's going to know. That's the Grenache for me. Yeah, yeah is that mm-hmm. what that is? Yeah, I just it's it's really really nice because that gives it like a crisp freshness mm-hmm. on the nose. This is a 2016 lithic again that we're tasting with Vanessa Conlon from wineaccess.com. Yeah, and thanks for this one too, Vanessa. <gasps> what my a treat. Pleasure. Oh my goodness. So, of course, that makes me think rhubarb pie. My grandmother made tons of rhubarb pies mm. when I was a kid and uh, I ignored all of them. <laughs> um, I did not know what rhubarb tastes mm. like. I just thought it looks funny as a leaf, so <laughs> I, I wouldn't go near it, But uh, which is a big regret mm. that I did not have my grandmother's rhubarb pie. <laughs> But I don't know what else. What would you pair this with, Lisa? Oh gosh, well definitely you know meats for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I can also think of some like really hearty, you know, for people who might lean toward vegetarian, some real nice earthy mushroom sort of dishes would be really delicious mm-hmm. with it. Yummy, like even a mushroom What's quote that? meatloaf, even though it's not yeah. meat. <laughs> I've had I and I cannot remember. Um, which caterer it is because there are many excellent caterers here in both valleys um it was kind of a a tart or or a tart stuff you know it was a mushroom stuffed tart or a pastry Mm -hmm. um and it was and this would go fantastically with it that type of of thing so mm, because of the earth notes that you're flavors yeah that you're mentioning that misty what 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 is favorite Uh uh-oh yeah Uh uh-oh a little splashy poo there exactly let's get let's get that ticket because it was so good some wine away wine away (laughs) because it's so good no fantastic really nice um i i could easily pair that with so much grilled say grilled barbecue like (sighs) labor day i was thinking kebabs amazing yeah Mm. absolutely you like kebabs vanessa i do i do and i think i I think to your point you know this could go anywhere from like you know barbecue to vegetarian because Mm -hmm. there's there are substantial tannins there but they're they're soft and they're supple It's, it's not the kind of wine you have to be super specific with i think you could pair it anywhere from yeah, yeah for what you said like mushrooms all mm-hmm. the way up to you know to lamb or i also want to say some major hard cheeses with big flavors yes. so mm-hmm. um everything on the extreme end would be like a stilton on that end but um a lot of different cheddars and shropshires um i think would be great um another thing that comes to mind um would be a combination of again that mushroom but i've done some mushroom with spinach and say goat's cheese oh, okay you know dishes nice. with maybe some accents of um dried tomatoes mm-hmm. you know so spinach is of uh and dried tomatoes are pretty strong flavors even i just had a goat cheese brie the other day which was really nice yeah. and that yeah, gave yeah. that kind of it, it had the goat cheese notes and f- and kind of nutty flavors but then mm-hmm. and, and tartness nuts, nuts, but then nuts. also the real creaminess of a brie could see that with this yum good stuff yeah. vanessa what yeah. are your what would you be your favorite pairings with this keplinger lithic i think um something with a little char on it would be nice because mm-hmm. it does have a little bit of that sort of smokiness that you get from mm-hmm. the syrah but also a, a bit from rubedra so i think you know a nice either veget you could do it vegetarian with like you know a mushroom portobello mushroom but also anything charred like a, a nice cut of lamb but something with a little smokiness to it and just mm-hmm. because it comes to mind because i've had to do this for my dog you you wouldn't believe this i have to croak pork tenderloin for my dog but that's another story we won't go into on the podcast but i've been grilling pork tenderloin and so when you said char Mm -hmm. 
and you I, know, on the outside of it. Yes. I've been grilling. We've been grilling a lot at home as well with um, oak barrels. So oh, we have nice. a, a wood fire pit. Ooh. And so some of the, the wood barrels that aren't used, we'll mm-hmm. purchase them and cut them up and use them in our, um, in our outdoor barbecue. That's a great um, idea. I have one of those big eggs. Oh, you know, it's oh like yeah. A, and you should throw I some should, of those I haven't done that. Too. I hadn't thought about that. I'll bring you yeah. some. Oh, I'll, I'm, yeah. I'm in. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. It's a fun stuff. So, Vanessa, I want to ask you, you yeah. know, you're obviously specializing into direct con- to consumer business and reaching them. Let's talk a little bit about, you know, your strategy for outreach to them. Mm-hmm. Um, we've seen a lot recently in the news about how, well, there's only so much traffic you can have coming th- physically through the Napa Valley or Sonoma Valley. Mm-hmm. Um, your, your outreach is obviously through the internet and all of that. And there's so many um, options that people can choose. What are you finding that are the key elements for you right now for attracting new clients? I think authenticity, passion, you know, bringing people on a journey. Mm-hmm. There are plenty of places you can go and just look at a price or look at a score. But that's not going to, you know, when you take a break from work or you look at your phone or, you, you know, browse a website, that's not exciting to me. You know, when I when I read about the wines that we write about, you know, I think like, okay, is this making me thirsty? You know, is this is this t- transporting me to the place? And so I think it's it's really capturing people's imaginations and, and making them feel like they're right there with us um you know we're selling wine that they haven't tasted so it's really important to us to provide that detail but also you know because we do taste every single wine ourselves that we're really writing a detailed tasting note Mm -hmm. that's not you know given to us by a marketing department we wrote it we tasted the wine we wrote it so we're very specific about about how we describe the wine because we really Mm -hmm. want you to be happy when so you're your statement there just sprung to mind like one of the things I thought that made Billy successful for storytelling, um, not in the wine industry, but the Jay Peterman catalog. Mm-hmm. Every single piece in that catalog had a whole story behind it. It might be why they thought Catherine Hepburn was wearing a certain dress or Barbara Stanwyck <laughs> or, or Princess So-and-so of blah, blah, blah in Europe, you know, on a, a, a boat in the Greek Isles. You know, they painted this whole picture is that part of your approach Vanessa it is but it's always you know fact-based <laughs> <laughs> well yes yeah that would be uh, right yes but but yeah absolutely we, we want to describe things in that way where you know you're just intrigued you want to keep reading um, and it's also less and less and more pictures and imagery focused like is what what I'm seeing like visual they, storytelling yeah, visual yeah, storytelling so important. Yeah, and that's something too that you know when I'm out traveling I'm taking pictures myself so it's again it's mm-hmm. not you know some stock photography it's like no I was there like this is what it looks like yeah right that's, that's that goes back to the authenticity for Sup- sure super essential and all of that to have all of that and I think one of the things that's very cool about WineAccess.com is this is not fine wine at extraordinary prices. This is a whole range. It's we've been out there discovering the best of the best, but the best of the best does not necessarily mean it has to be outrageously off the price scale. That's absolutely true. So yes. so where does so where do the price points start for wineaccess.com customers? Well, you know, it's it starts from the winery uh, itself, you know, mm-hmm. and and we're we're always trying to be very fairly priced. Um, you know, sometimes a winery will say, you know, go ahead and offer a discount on this. We want to we we want, we want to move more this. people to try it mm-hmm. and so if we if we're able to, we'll we'll absolutely pass that on to our members. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we're always looking 
looking at what's fair, you know, again, because we taste the wine, um, is, is this price relative mm-hmm. to the quality? And, you know, sometimes we'll taste a wine by a really iconic producer that's asking a lot of money. And we say, you know, I don't think I'd pay that. <laughs> <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So I look at, so let's back up for a second because the club option says a six bottle allocation for $150 four times a year, but that could be a wide range of things. Does that also mean that then they can come back from their six bottle allocation and yes. go, well, I'm going to get this, you know, I really love this Charbonneau. I love right. the Simeon. Um, but on the high end, you know, there's also some Napa cabs that are highly allocated that you've just gotten a hold of. Yes. So that club, they can have a special on. Yeah. So club members do get, you know, special perks. They get, um, well, first of all, first access to the wines. So, mm-hmm. you know, they'll have the shipment before anyone else has access to the wines. Um, and, and of course, they're, they're receive a discount off of, of any purchase that they make outside of the wine club. Um, but then just quickly to go back to your question before about sort of how we're engaging people, I think the other thing that, that we're really looking at is, you know, w- what do people want? Um, and really listening to that through their through their purchasing behavior. So if someone has never bought something, you know, over $30, we're not going to bombard them with mm-hmm. a bunch of $200 wines because that's not, <laughs> they've told us they don't want that. Yeah, you know, and, and likewise, you know, some people are like, yeah, you know, I just really want to, I'm stocking a, a really special mm-hmm. seller and, and I want those like, you know, Grand Cru wines. Then we'll, we'll, we, we're very targeted and we'll really personalize So are you what segmenting your, your list? We and, do. We okay. do. Sometimes we'll have a wine where we say, gosh, this is just has so much mass appeal. Let's just send it to everybody. Mm-hmm. But more often than not, um, and it makes frankly our, <laughs> our lives harder because we have to sort that many more wines but we really want it to be something that people are excited about when they when they look at it so yeah so we we are able to segment our list in Mm -hmm. any number of ways Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and do you do you want to talk about like how you know currently there are approximately x number of subscribers or or because you know the kiplinger like i said a lot of helen stuff is some of it is down to only 25 cases so you you've your opportunity is a small window to get stuff but I'm sure you also have things where, per, where people are producing, you know, a thousand, fifteen hundred, five thousand cases of a particular wine, but it's still awesome. Yeah. People and have it, to understand their farming opportunities vary so wi- widely in terms of what's available to people. You can't judge on a quantity. Right. Well, and I was also going to say, like, how many wines at a time? You're tasting 20,000, but how many at a time are available if someone wants to go to the Wine Access website and order wine? Or, there you, you go. Know, like so, you know, on the website of, of the ones that live on the site year-round, there's about 100 right now that'll get a little bigger towards the holidays. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in terms of the, the daily finds, you know, that could be anywhere from three wines to, to five wines, and those will they'll stay live on the site, um, you know, until the wine sells out or for a, about three days. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So it's limited. You know, we do, you know, usually have a little bit of a grace period. So maybe the offer closed. But if someone calls our customer service and is like, I, you know, I I can't believe I missed that. We'll always be sure to try to take care of them. So usually within three days, they sell out the daily fines. Usually. Pretty rapid. Wow. Mm -hmm. I think that's, I think that's, well, bravo to you, (laughs) Vanessa. I mean, because that, that is the way to, that's a sign of business success there that, um, you've drilled down into what your clientele wants captured it and then you're able to transmit it out to them inventory management is the whole thing Thank so you. well i think it really is about it's about listening you know yeah. um so we're never trying to just tell people what right. they should want we want to hear did, did you what like do you that? want what do you want <laughs> what do you want so 
Um, so how to, just out of complete curiosity and complete lack of knowledge, like, do you have customers geographically that weigh in one area more than another in the United States or well, tell us about that in terms of preference of what they like well and and you know where they're signing up from yeah where are you shipping you know, to sure primarily. i mean we have you know california is a really mm-hmm. big state for us it's it's the same honestly if you talk to a, a, a napa winery and you ask them where their biggest customer bases are it's you know the california california mm-hmm. it's you know, new york it's new york, texas florida but, but we have you know we have people all over the united states and mm-hmm. um yeah so and if if you're out there starting in wine and trying to figure out where those wine markets are the um the ship compliant annual ship report is a great starting point because that state to state translation is pretty common within most for most producers direct shipments well that's good information i you know i have to i you know personal personal store i grew up in the chicago area in the chicago burbs there was one wine and spirit shop close by the wine and cheese chalet um there was no chalet involved here is that when you fell in love with wine not necessarily (laughs) because the folks still mainly bought like lancers and blue nun and stuff like that because it was you know the 70s and stuff like that but it's an example of i i remember hearing my dad say Oh well, this is uh, only available because we had we had family members in in Chicago. My brother said, "Oh, this is only available in that local town." And so I did often wonder, you know, what am I missing out on? What what can I not get to? So there is this sense of scarcity that you go, "Oh my God, you know, because I'm in Kansas, because I'm in Arkansas, because I'm in Atlanta." or whatever and you go what can i not get my hands on and it's a little frustrating but that's that's the way we deal with the wine industry everybody is trying to make sure the markets are as open as possible but it's still up to state by state regulation right but i, I kind of love that image you brought up though of this sort of like store maybe you have like your neighborhood store in your hometown and they can only stock as much as they can you know but you know that they really chose those by hand and as we kind of think of ourselves as, as an extension of that yeah. so we're we are hand selecting everything but we're able to offer you such a larger variety than you might be able to to find right. in a brick and mortar i also like that you have multiple palettes that are involved in the selection right. it's not like one person's palette because if one person is choosing for an entire store it can kind of just make it one dimensional exactly yeah so vanessa we're we're a couple things we're getting towards the end and so one thing is women we focus on women and their wine careers would it so question number one is what advice do you want to pass down to the women who are going i'm so frustrated it's so hard to make headwind in this industry and then secondly what secondly what do you want our listeners to know about wine access that we haven't already mentioned or you just want to reinforce because reinforcement (laughs) is really important too um i love that you're asking that question i think you know being brave is is really important um you know i uh i have a background in in music and performance and i was sort of used to getting up in front of people and not being afraid to you know, to, to perform, I was a singer. And I think that that helped me in my career because I often was the only woman in the room. Um, and you know, had to just not be afraid to speak up. And I think that that's, that's not easy for everybody. And it's a skill that if you're not comfortable with, you know, learn, learn to, you know, practice it. Um, because there's room for a lot of voices in the room, including female voices. And, uh, 
Um, okay, great advice. Yeah, I think um, also, uh, you know, have a mentor, you know, the, who can help you, if, particularly with something like that. I, I definitely had really strong female mentors along the way who who provided great advice. One of my greatest mentors is actually 10 years younger than me, but she, you know, was wise in ways that, that I wasn't. Um, so I think, you know, being able to um, ask for help where you need it and find someone that you really trust to, to be vulnerable around. Advice. Good advice. And then Good lastly, advice. it's just, you know, don't, don't settle. And, uh, <laughs> and never everything settle. in life. But, but for our <laughs> listeners that are maybe thinking about getting into wine, and I know you made the coastal jump, and that's a pretty yeah, huge jump. Is. And there's a lot of folks that come out from, it's you know, 3,000 friggin' miles from New York. Yeah, to here. Mm-hmm. exactly. It's so, a big leap. you know, what, like what advice or what sort of encouraged you to make that leap? You know, I love New York. I lived there for many years, but I got to a point in my career, I was, I was, you know, a buyer for two retail shops and a wine bar. And I kind of thought I, I don't really have anywhere else to go from here. And I wasn't done learning and growing. And so I really thought I need to go. I need to be around the vineyards. I want to be in the, I want to be in the cellar. Learning. I want to learn that part of the business. And, um, you know, I was trying to apply for jobs um, from New York. I was looking on, you know, uh, winejobs.com and I'd call up <laughs> and I'd say, I'm so interested in this job. And they'd say, can you come in tomorrow at two? And I'm like, I'm in New York. Uh, <laughs> can I Skype that? <laughs> and, uh, right. And everyone's like, oh, okay, thanks. Click, you know? Uh, <laughs> and so finally I thought, you know, just leap in the net will appear. And, uh, and Good I, for you, I Vanessa. Moved, I think, yeah, I moved out. I, um, I literally flew here. My, my uh, husband couldn't join me for a couple months. I flew out with uh, my suitcase. Wow. Uh, I shipped an air mattress and I brought my cat and my laptop. <laughs> oh my gosh. Right. That's a wait, great wait, story. Wait, 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 wait. Cheers to that. for that. I, know, I, I moved out here not in the wine industry. Well, we're going to go back to yeah. Vanessa in a second. I moved here uh, not in the wine industry, but again, it's like the place that I thought I had secured from Chicago evaporated and it was very much moving out without any kind of security net of any kind i had a i did have a job lined up but everything else was a question mark and it was take the take the leap so vanessa cheers to you thank you so much and doing that and we love that and folks you can go to wineaccess.com uh, to learn about Vanessa, to learn about the great wines that she brought and selected today, the Kiplinger Lithic from Amador County. Um, it's a 2016 vintage. And the Makassan um, that she brought, the beautiful, beautiful white wine that she brought today that is technically a white table wine from Napa Valley. But um, never, ever, ever be discouraged by um, those words. Uh, it's a technical designation, folks. It's got great grapes in it um, from Beautiful. Dan Prochowski. Yeah. So who is a wonderful winemaker? Also for Lark Mead is another one. Last, last words, uh, Vanessa. So I'd, I'd say, you know, just speaking for all of us at Wine Access, you know, um, our, our mission is to connect people and places through wine. So, you know, we think wine is so much more than just a beverage. It's a way to meet new people, to discover new places, to make new friends, connect with old friends. So, you know, join us on this journey. It's fun. Woo-hoo. Thank you. Lisa? I'm going to check it out. Very good. Excellent. Misty. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in. Woohoo! And thank you, listeners, for tuning in today and for another great episode of Wine Women Radio Hour, also known on many channels as just Wine Women, because there's only so many characters available for the <laughs> podcast name. But 
Um, we really appreciate you tuning in. Be sure to subscribe on whatever channel you're listening to. Everything from Apple Podcasts to Stitcher, your RSS feed. Um, we are completely available by uh, subscription. And uh, let us know what you think by uh, commenting on whatever channel you're on. We will respond. Thank you so much. And thank you, Vanessa. Thanks so for much. having me. Thanks. It's been really great. All right. Okay. Have a great weekend. Cheers, everybody. Cheers. Bye-bye. Cheers. Bye-bye. Cheers.